After spending nearly his entire youth at sea, he could feel every straining timber. The hole was sound. He knew it would hold, unless they were gutted by the jagged rocks off Tierra del Fuego. But the masts were heavy with ice now, and this made the ship top-heavy, which meant she might capsize in this raging storm. Travis had heard a mainmast splinter only once, it was a sound to tear through the heart of any sailor. A monstrous wave hit the ship, and the sea storm rolled badly. The bottle of rum flew off Travis's desk and shattered against the bulkhead while he held his breath. But the sea storm slowly righted itself, and Travis knew that he must go back to the wheel at once, or they were all doomed. Cape Horn might be a ship's graveyard, but he'd be damned if he'd go down without a fight. He staggered back up to the main deck, and a blast of wind hurled him against the mainmast. The pain in his hip was hard to ignore. Travis threw his head back and looked up. Through the driving snow, he saw two sailors lashed to the spars, flailing away with ice picks. Two more were in place high up the foremast and mizzenmast. For a moment, Travis wondered how they could survive, before remembering that he had once done the very same thing. He lunged into the wind. Another wave was coiling itself on the bottom of the ocean floor. Travis hugged the rigging as the wave loomed above him, and then crashed, sounding for all the world like thunder rolling across the deck. Tons of frothy water pressed the ship downward, but... Like a sea rat, it shook itself and churned on into the teeth of the gale. Travis ducked and groped his way forward, toward the wheel, but halted when he heard a cry for help. He twisted around and saw a man sliding across the deck, his legs caught in the lines. Travis grabbed at the man, but the sea came between them, and Travis found himself clinging to the rail and holding his breath. When the foaming sea passed over, he scrambled to his feet, but the man was gone. Then, as the ship pitched crazily, Travis saw the man hanging upside down, his body banging against the barnacle-encrusted hull. The ship sledded down a wave and nosed into the sea, and the man disappeared, only to reappear again as the bow of the ship was thrust upward by another huge swell. Now he recognized him. It was Asa Whitlock, the man who had chartered this voyage to the Orient and back, and whose trading goods were threatening to drive them all to the bottom of the sea. Travis grabbed the line and tried to haul Whitlock up, but it was impossible. He eyed the lines that snaked across the decks, then grabbed one, tying it around his waist, another to the railing. Taking his knife in his hand, he waited until the sea storm nosed downward again, then dove into the water. The shock was even worse than he had expected. He knew that he had to get himself and Whitlock back aboard the sea storm within minutes, or they would die of exposure. In desperation, he slashed the lines that were tangled around Whitlock's ankles, but the man was unconscious. Travis locked his forearm around Whitlock's neck and tried to swim, knowing that he could easily be killed by the ship 
should she crash down upon them. But then he heard voices, and looked up to see his boatswain's mate and another seaman at the railing. Although Travis could not really hear them, he understood. When the next wave drew back like a fist before crashing over the vessel, Travis slammed onto the deck. The force of impact was so great that he was stunned into powerlessness. He knew he should grab something and hang on for his life, but simply could not. He wanted to scream his rage as the sea gripped him and Whitlock in a powerful backwash, but just as they were about to shoot under the railing, the boatswain and the sailor pinned them to the deck. As the sea-storm plunged into the trough of another wave, Travis felt himself and Whitlock being dragged across the wet, icy deck. Somehow they tumbled headlong down a hatch.